0: Hi guys, welcome back to Infinite Possibilities, the podcast where we explore the lives of amazing people, <laughs> their choices, challenges and opportunities. And today I have a very special guest, Sarah. Hi, <laughs> Hi thank you thank for you having me. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: <laughs> my pleasure, my <laughs> honour. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Sarah, what's your kind of one minute intro? What do you
1: do? Oh gosh, well, so I'm a emerging talent acquisition coordinator here, um, consultant, sorry, um, which means I basically look after um, graduate and vacationer recruitment um, nationally for MC, for Mention and consulting, and I also do a lot of university engagement.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, sweet. So we really want to know how Sarah got to where she is, so we're going to go right from the beginning. Yes. Yeah, so Sarah, what kind of kid were you like growing up?
1: I was, I think I actually started like pretty shy. Um, But then I think I grew into myself a lot. (laughs) And I think from that, like, that was just because of, you know, like school or like extracurriculars, um, jobs that I had and like, you know, other random things that I did throughout my life. I think I became like, grew into myself, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, and did you have siblings growing up?
1: Um, yes, I have an older sister. She's two years older than me. Nice. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, and what about, like, how did you sort of find school environment? Were you the popular kid? Were you the smart kid? Were you the sporty kid?
1: i think i really peaked in school wow. <laughs> which is so sad <laughs> no, I um i don't know i think so i went to a public school from grades from like preschool to grade six um and i think yeah i don't know i think generally like throughout school i was a bit of a floater, like sort of I had my friendship group but I was friends with most people um but yeah like I don't know I wouldn't like describe myself as any one particular thing I don't know yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of cool yeah
0: Being Asian, did you get a lot of academic pressure? (laughs) Yes, of
1: course, of course. And I played piano and I played violin. So (laughs) the two classic Asian instruments. Um, And yeah, like I think, yeah, definitely a lot of pressure, especially when I was younger. I think my mum definitely now has sort of like relaxed a lot. But yeah, definitely like in school, um, you know, like always had to do like well and had to do everything. Like, you know, sport, music, music. You know and then all the academic stuff as well so I was like yeah it was a lot of pressure i think yeah. which is like a lot when you're quite young yeah. um especially like when you're figuring out what you want to do and it's sort of like you're being pulled and like to do with this and this yeah but then it's like yeah. what do i actually like doing and yeah love it fun times <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: sounds good and so when you were that kid and you were doing so many different things In terms of career, what was kind of floating through your
1: mind, if anything? Well, I really wanted to be in high school. I really wanted to be a photographer. Yes. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure my mum's words were that I wouldn't be able to get a job or make any money. (laughs) Little did she know, Instagram was coming along. (laughs) Um, So I obviously didn't pursue that. Like I still sort of enjoy it as a hobby, Um, but yeah, obviously didn't really like take that further. Um, And then at one point I also wanted to be an architect. Oh yes, I had that dream too. (laughs) Oh my God, like so cool, right? Um, also, didn't come to fruition.
0: Yeah, <laughs> why is that? I mean, architecture is slightly better than photographer, right? In terms yeah, of
1: the surely. Asian parents. Yes, <laughs> I think so. But I don't know what. I don't know what happened there. I think also, at the time, like when I was applying for university and stuff, it was. I think it was also a job that like. Wasn't really that um, focused on, or like there wasn't like a lot of demand for it, so I kind yeah. of just like got a bit freaked out. I think, it hot. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my god, will I even get a job? You <laughs> now know, you
0: think you're like your mom. Huh? <laughs> oh, she
1: rubbed up on me. She's yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, So yeah. Ended up doing journalism and an extended major in arts with psychology. Oh, um, that's kind
0: of cool. And your parents are like,
1: oh yeah, journalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what they thought. I just like chose it because um, I always was quite good at like English, yeah. um, and I always enjoyed writing and editing and stuff. So I was like, oh, you know, like that seems like a natural fit. Um, and psychology, I just chose because I found it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a bit of a weird combo. Um, but it, it was actually interesting. It kind
0: of works together, right? Like understanding people, being able to write, be able yeah. to express.
1: Yeah, I think so. And like, you wouldn't probably think it with psychology, but it does also require like a very different style of writing. So mm. I think that yeah. was a, an aspect of it that I also enjoyed.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And yeah. so how was the actual degree? What do journalism students do? <laughs>
1: well, I think I don't know, I, I hear about it now. I went to U Q and like it seems like there's a lot more practical um, components yeah. to it now.
0: It's very theory based. Yeah, it was very
1: like, you know, just doing assignments and not actually, you know, getting much real world experience but um yeah, I did one. Oh, I did two, like two internships, you know, in Whoa. my in my last year. But they were like, you know, sort of organised via the course. Yeah. Um, so I did an internship at um, Channel Nine Wahoo. and at <laughs> and at um, the Career Mail and. I really I enjoyed the Career Mail one a lot more, which was surprising to me. I thought mm. that the Channel 9 one I would, yeah. you know, die for. Yeah. Um, but actually it, was, it had sort of the opposite effect. I became quite disenchanted with the journalism after that internship yeah. because it just wasn't a very pleasant experience. <laughs> like. The, I think the reporters that I worked alongside were all really great, um, but they had a really awful chief of staff at the time. And I think he had this like culmination of frustration with interns and he yeah. took it out on me. Oh crap! Yeah, so then at the time I was sort of like, I'm not being paid to be here. Yeah. Like, you can't make me do anything or think anything, you know? Yeah. So I just became, yeah, I was so offered after that. and. Not only that, I felt that the work was, I don't know, like you put a whole day's work into like maybe a five-second package yeah, on the kind news. Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah. And it might not actually
0: be broadcast. Yeah,
1: and it was sort of like, you know, it might not even have been a meaningful story. Like one day I spent like, you know, we released a koala into the wild and as much as I love koalas, I was like, it's, I don't know, I felt it was a bit like... Not very meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I remember one day as well, we had to, there was like this sad story where like a, I think a retirement village home, one of the um, people living there had gotten hit by a car and yeah. we had to go to the retirement home and like ask for information. And I was just like, this is not it. Like, you yeah. don't want to be asking these poor people about yeah. someone that they've just lost. Like, yeah. so yeah. A few reasons that we didn't continue down that path. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What about the career mail?
1: Whoa. Career mail was good, actually. Um, but I think I just didn't have, like, I didn't have any awareness. It's kind of ironic because now I'm working with, like, grad and back programs. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, like, have any awareness of, you know, like, cadetships and all those things that you sort of apply for before yeah. you finish uni. <laughs> so, yeah, I just sort of, like... I think I missed the vote on all of those opportunities and just like, yeah, floated around for a little while.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then, so what happened when you graduated uni?
1: Well, I graduated um, and I worked for, I did like some other sort of more long-term internships that were, paid, thank God. Um, But then I, yeah, ended up at Swarovski where I just sort of like worked in retail for like, I think just over a year. Um, And it was like a great time. Like I'm still friends with those girls and we catch up every, you know, a few months. Um, And I think that also like, you know, I think everything is an experience. Like, you know, everything happens for a reason. So. Yeah, I definitely sort of like, I think, gained a bit more confidence, um, just like in people skills, I think. Um, and yeah, I worked there for a, a year or so. And then I, it's all about who you know, isn't it? My friend's mum worked at my high school and they were looking for somebody in their event space. So then I took that job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just like a, it was a, like a long service cover. So I worked there for six months um, and then there was an opening at QPAC and then I I went for that job and it was sort of like an event programmer role. So I got that job and then I ended up there for like, yeah, five, six years.
0: (laughs) Wow, amazing. let's go back to the first time when you went into events so you said you worked there for six months and how was that experience because i think a lot of people they'll be like wow you know that was a great event but they don't really see all the work (laughs) that goes into it and like all the coordination
1: yeah it was like it was like pretty good i think uh, there was a lot of freedom to do things how i thought that they should be done so because it was a small team and um, we were basically we just ran it was like a three-day literature festival and you know, you sort of invite all the schools around Queensland to attend. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's actually pretty big. I think it's, you know, they had authors and stuff coming and they oh. do it every year. So it's actually a pretty great event. Um, like if, you know, you're a student. Um, but yeah, a lot of coordination, a lot of chasing, a lot of scheduling, um... And, you know, logistics, just like things from, you know, like signage, um, making sure everyone's deposits are paid, making sure the authors are going to get there on time. So I think, yes, organisation is key. And thinking about it from, you know, a patron's perspective, you know, when you go to a festival, like, you want to make it as easy as possible, even if it's like, well, obviously something's going to be there or like this. You just put the information there so that it's, you know, people don't have to think about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was my introduction to (laughs) event planning.
0: (laughs) And then were you like, yeah, this is it, you know, this is what I like the most out of everything that I've done so far?
1: Well, I think... I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to. I still don't know what I want to do. You know, that's it. Um, yeah, like it's so, it's so hard to be sure. I really envy people who are like, you know, so sure of what they want to do in life. Um, but no, I mean, I didn't not like it. Yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> it was enjoyable, and we had a good team, um, and you know, like the school was great. Like, so it was, it was a good experience. That's for sure. Yeah. That's Awesome. And then tell me more about Qpack. <laughs> Qpack um, was also a great experience. Um, it was, you know, such a great team. Like really, you know, family vibes. Um, and that's and that's the reason I stuck around there for so long. Like, yeah. you know, people said that you stay for your team. Yeah. Um, and I was across a couple of roles there. So I did the event programmer role for two years. Oh. Cool. Um, and that was sort of more like technical. Like. Back end. Oh. Um, I know it sounds probably much cooler than it was. It was a clunky old system, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was basically like, you know, when the ticketing system and I guess you're like UX going through that when you're like buying something online, that's sort of what we created. So um, were you customer facing? No, I wasn't at that point. Wow. No, it was like a, like in our, um, it was like our visitation um, department. Um, so within visitation, I guess, was like marketing and ticketing. Yeah. Um, so we all worked quite closely together. Um, and then, yeah, after that role, I went into a client manager role. Oh, um, mm, that's cool. Yeah, because um, so with our, like, with our ticketing system, I guess, we obviously ticketed shows at QPAC, but... Um, we also were the system for, like, GOMA and the museum. Oh, that's um, a theatre in Canberra, like, Art Gallery of New South Wales and, like, Brisbane Festival and stuff. So um, me and a team of two other people, we sort of managed our external clients. Um, and, yeah, I did that for, yeah, three and a bit more years. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. It was just such a good team and a lot of... Um, I think like I had a lot of ownership, a lot of over you know all of the external clients. So, yeah, yeah it was sort of a bit like, I guess, SaaS based. But yeah, and no, it was sort of like nice to work with clients and like do all their projects and maybe crush their dreams a little and bring them down to reality. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: sucks. <laughs> yeah, I also heard you had a snack drawer there. Tell me more.
1: Oh yes. Oh my God, where did you <laughs> My favorite snack drawer. I got so much like flack from everyone. Yeah. Um I remember like our like CEO would always come by my desk and be like Sarah, what's in the drawer today? You share some <laughs> stereo snacks with me. Always well stocked because you know and I think that's like that's something I miss about hot dusking here. Yeah. Like you don't have the permanence. You can't um, build lockers. up a snack drawer. That's also true. I do yeah. have a locker.
0: Hi. <laughs> For snacks?
1: Yeah. Yes, always a snack watching. <laughs>
0: Sounds
1: good. So, what are your favorite snacks? Oh my god. I'm a real chip gal. Yeah. I love chips. Um, definitely my preference over chocolate, which yes. might be controversial, <laughs> but no, I love a kettle chip.
0: Nice, what's your what
1: favorite? Um, at the moment, I'm really digging like sweet chili mm, with um, a little French onion dip. Oh, a <laughs> French onion dip. No, a
0: French so, onion.
1: With a French when, onion? Yes.
0: Oh, that's yes, fancy. It's, like,
1: it's like the salt, no. The spicy.
0: spicy.
1: It's like mild spice and yeah. then a bit more like you know creamy
0: (laughs) that's kind of cool and are you someone that just snacks while they work kind of thing
1: definitely at home yeah so hard to snack here because i feel like i'm just like making all this noise and like crunching away so i try not to like do it when i'm in the office
0: (laughs) oh it's sad
1: it's probably healthier but you know
0: (laughs) i mean everyone would just be asking you to share that's it yeah (laughs) we're sharing (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah, I'm kind of curious about you were at QPAC for the ticketing, so you didn't really have much technical kind of experience. Was it kind of, it wasn't, you didn't really need a learn. Was it too hard to pick up?
1: No, it was, um, I think if you're like technically minded, it was pretty easy to yeah. pick up. Um, it was basically just knowing the system that we worked with, which was probably, I remember when I first started, I was like, the system looks like, I don't know if you remember, but like in like, the late 90s windows like windows 95 and like oh. 97 with like the gray borders and I was like this is what I it's see. really reminding me <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was so like so old and clunky but there's something to be said for a robust system which it definitely was
0: so <laughs> yeah. yeah and so what was kind of the day in the life so someone orders something and you
1: no oh or? no so I wasn't I guess yeah customer facing it was sort of like we worked closely with our ticketing and venue manager. Um, I guess a client with a show would send what we called like an event build through Mm. um, and the event build would consist of like all of the pricing, the schedule, um, all of like any packages, um, like those sorts of things. And we would plug that into our ticketing system um, and make that, I suppose, a show that could be purchased online wow,
0: <laughs> if that makes you. sense
1: <laughs> it's kind of weird like I think people who like aren't familiar with ticketing or like the ticketing industry yeah. it's sort of a bit like doesn't like it's like what <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah I guess like to explain it in a nutshell like if you went online to purchase a show at QPAC that whole, like, buying process is yeah. what, like, I would have built in the back end. Wow. <laughs> through a system, though. Like, it sounds like I probably was, like, coding yeah, and stuff, but yeah. I absolutely was not. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you that get that a design was... any of the posters or anything like that? No. Because
1: you're pretty creative, so I was like... Sadly, no. Yeah. So, like, every promoter who comes through with a show, like, they've got all of their marketing assets already, which <gasps> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: that was it mm. yeah that's cool and then tell me about the second role at qfax so you were like kind of like an account manager or yeah
1: source. yeah um so yeah basically looked after um our external ticketing clients um yeah. and would help them with their promoters and it would yeah be anything from you know they would send me an event um, and i would then pass that on to the event programmers to plug in um, nice
0: look I know, at that pass the buck <laughs>
1: not my job anymore yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah I mean you know like obviously having a lot of checking um reviewing and I think planning yeah. and you know like planning I always try to sort of make it like a win-win situation yeah. um because you know I think clients and promoters dream up things yeah. that they want to achieve and like
0: can you give
1: me an example oh gosh <laughs> oh, well I think like with you know like if it's say like a big show like a musical that goes for weeks and weeks and you know they want to put all these packages and add-ons onto it and I think it's sort of I guess a bit hard to explain but because you know they weren't sort of familiar with the ticketing system whereas I was so I could sort of advise them on like well that's not going to work or we can kind of do it but we have to do it a different way so kind of that like software as a service service (laughs) um yeah, to sort of take what they were dreaming up and give it back to them a bit more realistically in yeah. the in the bounds of like what the system offered and what we could offer yeah. and how we could you know deliver different things for them. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's cool. But you weren't the person who was like negotiating prices and that kind of thing. Or?
1: Um, I guess. Well, they would um, like really the promoter cool? would sort of you know depending on like how much the production is costing them that's yeah. what they base their ticketing prices on so you know like you have all your different like you know a b c reserves and yeah. different ticketing types within those like adult child whatever so all of that like all of those calculations would already be i guess decided on by the time it came to me yeah, Um, because yeah because that would be
0: the worst job maybe I know (laughs) I always thought
1: about it because you know like they've already spent you know X amount of dollars on this production so they want to make that back and more so they factor that all into like the pricing of their tickets Um, but yeah no I guess from my perspective like that would already be done before it came to me Um, But it was just, yeah, I think the system that we worked with definitely had limitations. So That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) Had to sort of process and be like, well, how can we deliver what you're wanting in a more realistic way? (laughs) And, you know, like, I mean, it's all just a memory now, but, you know, I think you have to also take into consideration like how much... You know how popular a show is and are we going to need to have like a queuing system online otherwise they're going to basically break our servers yeah. and so like yeah a lot of I guess working um, collaboratively with IT and marketing digital and our call centre as well to make sure everyone sort of was across the timeline of when things need to be done by yeah. and you know what they can expect like what kind of questions they might field like in the call centre and Yeah, it's a lot of information gathering and distributing. Wow, that's hard.
0: You have to consider all these different factors and then
1: how to package it
0: down. Yeah,
1: into something something bite-sized and digestible for people who are sort of (laughs) (laughs) front-facing. Hopefully not too much. Win-win, win-win.
0: And so out of these two roles, did you have a preference? One was more client-facing. And you're good with people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I definitely did enjoy the client facing role more, um, I think, cause it's sort of nice to work, you know, with the client and the promoter to get to, you know, a win-win for the promoter, but also for like your internal teams because, you know, like there's always pushback from people who are, you know, doing the work. And so it was always, yeah, like a fine line between balancing you know, what they were willing to mm. do um, versus, and like on the timeline as well, everything was always, you know, last minute, everything's always changing at the last yeah. minute. So yeah, it's very sort of like reactive environment, um, which is fun. It's is like the nature of the industry. But um, yeah, I think it was, it gave me quite a lot of freedom to make decisions that were, I think, best fit for the company, the promoter and all of our sort of internal teams. Yeah.
0: Lots of expectation management. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. And then tell me about how you came to be at KPMG.
1: Wow, I good old
0: LinkedIn. Yeah, (laughs) good
1: old LinkedIn. Like I I was looking because and the only reason I left QPAC was just because there was not much growth and like not much opportunity for developmental growth. I think everyone who's there is sort of there for a long time. Um, it was it's like a half government um, organization, like it's a subsidiary. So, I mean, you know, the stereotypes. So, like, I think once, yeah, you're in gov, people are there for a very long time. Yeah. So, yeah, there wasn't really much room to move. And I think the only reason I got the opportunity was because um, the woman previously in the manager role was going on maternity leave. So, yeah. prone to leave. So, that's yeah, how I sort of slotted in there. And then she <laughs> left eventually, so I took over.
0: No. <laughs>
1: But no, yeah, I got a LinkedIn message from a recruiter for this role now that I'm in. Um, And yeah, I had two interviews. I had an interview first with the recruiting agency and then I had two interviews with the KPMG team um, and then I had a coffee and then I had an offer. Nice. (laughs) And I kind of just thought like, you know, like, why not? Like, I'm ready to move on. I had, I think I had, you know, I had stopped sort of learning yeah. there which I think is probably a sign that it's time to move on um as much as I love them and I still catch up with them too yeah. um we have a little whatsapp chat oh that's so cute <laughs> um and yeah I just you know I was like why not like it's a bit different and you know it's like big four so yeah. it'll be oh. you know totally you know different sort of I think work life so thought I would give it a go and yes that's how I ended up here
0: so how has the change been
1: I think it was really good like um you know like the role that was pitched to me was basically like a stakeholder engagement or management role which I was pretty comfortable with um yeah they said you know it was the first of its hire in Queensland and um you know I'd basically be leading university engagement across Queensland and I thought like that sounds pretty fun Um, (laughs) it sounds like I could do it so yeah I jumped into that just over a year ago now um and yeah it was really good like I think um you know like I didn't have any expectation of what it would be like um but I think everybody in the Brisbane office is so lovely and like you know it was sort of easy to make connections across the business here Um, which made my job a lot easier because I think yep. people are so willing at, and, like, oh my God. hope I didn't mess up the sound. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, definitely makes my job a lot easier when people are open and willing to, you know, get involved yeah. and receptive to, you know, like, events and, and grind and back things. So, yeah, it yeah, made it definitely a lot easier. That's
0: awesome. So if you were to sort of describe a day in the life, I know every day is different, <laughs> but, yeah, what's... Like oh, you start
1: and then you check your emails or how does the process go? Well, yeah, I am always on emails. I love my inbox. I love, <laughs> a, I love a categorize, you wow, know. Wow, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I just, I think, yeah, wake up, check my emails, check Teams. Um, I've always got like, I think I always try to have something on the go and, you know, like it's pretty high volume. So there's always something happening and basically it's my job sort of involved evolved now into more of a recruitment role. So, um, yeah, there's it's basically rolling recruitment. I know that we've officially closed our applications, but I think, you know, we don't really stop until all of the roles are filled. So, yeah, yeah we just keep going. Um, you know, I would like in constant communication with hiring managers um, across the business and, you know, putting sourcing, I guess, sourcing candidates for interviews to fill Whatever roles we have left, organising all of those, gathering outcomes, um, working on contracts and yeah, it's just sort of like an never ending cycle. <laughs> yeah.
0: So are you sort of one of those people that will message... Others on LinkedIn if they're interested in X Y Z roles.
1: I haven't got to that stage yet. <laughs> we I sort of work off our internal talent pool, so all the people who did apply initially yeah. and might not have been contacted in that yeah. first round. Um, I'm just like hunting through, trying to find the best fit for the different teams and their needs. And it's like it's yeah, it's it's quite interesting to learn, you know, the different needs. Um, in the different service lines, but then even within that, like, the different needs from different locations as well, because I think even if they're in the same team, like, you know, different states and territories will have,
0: yeah
1: you know, different needs and wants in, in their candidates. So, yes, it's a lot of sort of being attuned to what people want and also getting to know like the home manager and the team in the different places, yeah. because, you know, they're going to probably want someone who will um, slot in easily to their team as well. Yeah. So are you yeah. part
0: of the interviewing process? I'm not, thank oh, okay. God. <laughs> That's
1: good. You don't have to deliver the bad news, hopefully. No, I do, Aww. which is, yeah, it's always sad. But I think, you know, with those conversations, I think I probably draw on, like, my account management experience as well. Like, you know, sometimes you just got to be honest yeah. and, you know, deliver some bad news, which is, you know, it's like I've, it's pretty sad because I get invested in some candidates yeah. and it doesn't work out, you know. But, you know, I think I try to frame it as just, you know, it's a learning experience and everything happens for a reason. And, you know, while it didn't work out this time, you know, the feedback was X, Y, Z and, you know, they can take that forward into whatever next interview yeah. they have, which will hopefully yeah, work out well. Aww.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so we're nearly at the end of the
1: podcast, we still have like two minutes, so these are the
0: rapid fire questions. Okay, gosh, I'm ready. So the first one is, what do you think the meaning of life is?
1: Oh my god, to be happy, I
0: guess. Nice, okay. Um, And if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do differently about your life?
1: I mean, how much money are we talking? Limited. I would quit my job and just travel forever and bring all my family and friends with me. Yeah buy them all houses, yes. you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds good. And the final question is, what is an ideal day in the life for you? It can be work-related, it can be non-work-related. Oh,
1: day in the life, okay. Well, it definitely wouldn't be work-related. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably sleep in, um, have a slow morning, maybe read a book, go for a walk. Um, and then I think, yeah, probably just like float around in nature. Yeah. I don't know, I just love to like, I don't know, probably go down to the beach, yeah. float in the ocean for a bit. Do nothing.
0: Oh that's awesome. (laughs) Sounds so Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Well thank you so much um for being on the show and it's been so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Wanna say bye? Bye. Bye.